Welcome to another edition of the Second City Sports Weekend Edition, Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from War Media by simply going to our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, including that iHeartRadio app. Also, we're on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. And we appreciate your support. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. And joining us right now to start off the show uh, is uh, the NFL insider in front of the show from fansite.com is Mr. Matt Verderam. He's going to uh, hop on with us to talk about the Carson Wentz trade. For those of you who have been living under a rock, Carson Wentz, uh, <laughs> now former Eagles quarterback, was traded from Philadelphia to the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday. For, uh, for this year's third-round pick and a conditional second-round pick for next season. Matt, welcome back to the program. How are you? Good. How are you guys now? Doing they fine. Are. Doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Only Twitter. Uh, I gave up all the other stuff. Uh, at Matt Verderam, M-A-T-T-V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. All right, let's start breaking down this deal. Uh, what was your initial thoughts when you heard the news about Carson Wentz being traded from the Eagles to the Colts on Thursday? The Bears fans should be happy. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I thought, you know, like everybody knew this was going to happen at some point here. He was going to go to India. He was going to go to Chicago. Uh, I know my, my colleague at Fansided, Matt Lombardo, reported right after the trade that the Bears actually had been out on the deal for like two or three days before it went down, which I think helped it move along with Indianapolis. If you're Indy, I get it. Like it's a third-round pick. It's a conditional second for next year. And if he doesn't play 75% of the snaps, then you're not giving up that, that first-round pick that it could turn into. So, you know, okay, a third and a second to take a flyer on a 28-year-old quarterback who your head coach had a lot of success with when he was the OC in Philadelphia – like, I get it. I understand why Andy did it. They're also looking at a situation where who's going to be their quarterback? Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. He's not the guy anyway. Rivers retired. So if you're the Colts, I understand it. I don't blame them. That said, you could make a really compelling argument that Carson Wentz was the worst starting quarterback in football last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I would make that argument. I, I did the quarterback rankings every week over at Fansided, and – he was other than guys who were, you know, in and out of the lineup. I'm not including backup guys who started for a month. He was the worst starting quarterback in football. I mean, you want to make an argument of Drew Locke, maybe? I don't know. I, I think Wentz was worse. And, I, and, and unlike Drew Locke, Carson Wentz is really expensive. So the Eagles, you know, you, you know how bad you have to be to be given a contract like that. You're the number two overall pick. The Eagles aren't getting a cent of relief this year on the cap, and they still traded him. Mm-hmm. That tells you all you need to know about what Philadelphia thinks of Carson Wentz. Okay, Matt, with 
with with Carson Wentz now in Indy, where the Bears go from here? I've heard like some people say, well, maybe they should go get Fitz, you know, Fitz Magic, right? Fitzpatrick. I've you know, you hear Lewis Riddick, you know, from ESPN say that maybe they should try to go high on Watson. What do you think the Bears can realistically do? I would look. I think any team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, etc., should be calling the Texans and at least finding out what the price is. I sampled three or four general managers about a month ago and said, if you were the Houston Texans and you were willing to trade Sean Watson, what would the price be? Or at least what would you, what would you have to hear to be interested? And I was told most, I guess I should say, I was told by consensus, it would be about three first round picks and then potentially a player as well. If you're the Bears, a team that has not had a lot of first round picks lately because you traded for Khalil Mack years ago, would you trade three first-round picks and potentially on top of that, a good young player? If I was Chicago, yeah, I would because he's 25 and he's a superstar-level quarterback and you're writing an egregious wrong that happened in the 2017 draft. That said, I think the more likely scenario is calling up the Jets and saying, look, we want Sam Darnold. He's cheap. He's only 23 years old. He's still one of the youngest players in the league, even though he's been in it now for a few years. When I sampled those GMs on Watson, I also did it with with Darnold, and the, the consensus was, look, he probably costs a real late first or a mid-level two. If I'm the Bears and I can get him for my second-round pick, I'm doing it. And if he's not good, fine. He's only there for a year. You move on. But I think it's that, to me, is the route I would take if I were Ryan Pace. Matt Verderam, NFL insider for Fansider.com, is joining us here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Matt, staying with the Bears for a moment. We all know that Allen Robinson, the stud wide receiver, is currently a free agent. Of course, there's been really no talks between him and Bears management. Uh, where do you think that will this will this all end up uh, after assuming that the Bears will pick their quarterback first? Do you think that Allen Robinson will stay here long term? Do you think he'll leave and go somewhere else? Me personally, I've been saying on this show for the last, basically for the for the last couple months of the season that the Bears were placed a franchise tag on him, especially if they get with that he's going to Green Bay. Well, look, I, I think they should just sign him long term, but it seems as though that's been almost a non-starter with them. They haven't been able to do it. Allen Robinson recently talked to Tyler Dunn, uh, formerly of Bleach Report, now has his own site, this great work, and he – uh, when talking to Don Robinson said, basically, look, we're at a fork in the road, uh, but we're, doing it, we're not even really at a fork because nothing's happening. If you're the Bears and you don't sign him, look, that is more far-reaching realities than just we're not signing Allen Robinson. Every guy in that locker room is going to look at that and go, you're not signing that guy? You're not paying him? Like, you're not paying him. Are you paying any of us? Because he's the best guy in the team right now, arguably, and he's put his blood, sweat, and tears into this thing for three years. It's been the only real offensive weapon on the team and you're not going to pay him. So that matters. Like that will, that will really rank a lot of guys in that locker room. Now, beyond that, I tend to agree with you, Sydney. I think, I think he probably gets tagged and then those two sides go to war because I don't think he's going to play on the tag or certainly not in the beginning. I think, I think that will get very contentious in a hurry if the Bears don't work something out long-term. Because Allen Robinson knows he gets the free agency, he's getting $20 million a year. And if the Bears mm-hmm. aren't going to give him that and they're going to tag him, he's going to lose his mind, and I don't blame him. 
So mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to agree. Look, it would just be a, an honestly, it's a fireball offense if he gets out of Chicago. It is a fireball offense for Ryan Pitt. You cannot lose him. Um, but we'll see. They've, been, they've done some interesting things before. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely roll it out either. Well, he wouldn't be happy. <laughs> well, look, for various reasons, he will not be happy if he plays on a, very, on a franchise side, not just for the money because he doesn't think the Bears – there's a reason why he scrubbed all of the, all the Bears stuff from his you know, social media pages. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. But let's talk about the defense for a second, Matt, because you know, everyone's going to be a year older. We'll see if Hicks comes back. You know, there's already where the, you know, Eddie Goldman, assuming he'll be back next year. Right. Of course, he opted out. So where do you see the defense? Because to me, from what I'm seeing right now, it looks like the defense just looks like it's just a year older and we may see the same thing. I know they got a new coordinator, but I'm not, well, you know, no changes. It's tough. It's tough because they're, they're up against the cap. And if they tag Robinson, they've got to create a whole bunch of money. And if you have to create money, where's it coming from? Right. It might come from that defensive side of the ball. And I, I look, Eddie Jackson is a really good player, but he probably played under expectations last year. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the dirty secret of that defense last year. He was, he was not who he normally is. They need Khalil Mack to be Khalil Mack. Like, and, and he's getting older. I mean, not that, he's, not that he's ancient, not that he can't have a 15-sack season, but he's not maybe the, the young puppy was three, four years ago. You know, they, they lost Leonard Floyd. He goes to the Rams. It's a great year, right? So – and I don't, blame, I don't blame the Bears, by the way, for doing that. I do blame them then for going out and saying, okay, well, we don't have Leonard Floyd anymore. Uh, let, let's go out and make a big splash uh, on the edge, signing away uh, – oh, my goodness, uh, the name is escaping me from the Cowboys um, – Robert Quinn. Uh, going out and signing Robert Quinn. And Robert Quinn, for the money they paid him, was not worth it. When you make investments like that and they don't pay off and then you don't have draft picks over and over and over and over, it's hard. You, you have to be able to nail mid and late round picks, undrafted free agents, second tier free agents. That's hard to do. And I think the Bears are paying somewhat for that. Defense is still good. It's just not what it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, and speaking of the Bears, as you mentioned, they're right up against the cap. What players do you expect them to get cut? Because, because we all know that the salary cap will come down this year because many of the teams, including the Bears, uh, didn't have any fans in the stands uh, this past season. So – what plays do you expect to get cut uh, from Chicago? Do you think Jimmy Graham will get cut? Do you think Charles Leno Jr. or Bobby Massey? Uh, uh, how many uh, uh, veterans do you think will the Bears cut this offseason? Right. So if the cap's $180 million, which is what NFL teams have been told now is the floor, the Bears are, like, right at that. They're $2.5 million over. Although one thing to note, Peter King reported in NBC Sports in his column a week ago, or on Monday, I should say, um, that the TV deals might get done within the next month, which would be prior to free agency. If that happens, don't be shocked if all of a sudden the cap is flat because they're pumping a ton of money back in because the, the union doesn't want to see the cap go down for obvious reasons. Teams don't want to see it go down. Okay. And agents don't want to see it go down. So all those sides are in agreement. If they can get that TV money in there, I could see them borrowing from future years to keep the cap flat, which for teams like the bears would be a huge deal. Um, it's not a guarantee, but it's something to keep in mind. Now, if it doesn't go that way and the cap is 180, 185, look, I think Jimmy Graham's gone. Okay. He's, they saved seven million bucks by cutting him. I can't imagine a scenario where he would be back. Um, beyond that, you start looking at, okay, they could, they could save 10 and a half by cutting Akeem Hicks, but I don't think you cut Akeem Hicks. 
I, I just – he's one of the best players in the NFL. I, I would not cut him. Bobby Massey or Orlando Jr., I think one of them. One of them's probably gone, sure, right? I think that that's certainly possible. And then after that, you start getting into, okay, is there anybody else that it's worth cutting? You might have a little – you know, a few small cuts here and there. I think the most likely thing is maybe they restructure some deals. Um, you know, maybe they put, you know, I could see like a guy like Akeem Hicks as an example. You know, you look at him, okay, now he is 32 years old. So do you mm-hmm. want to extend him? That's a, that's a tough question. But is it on the table? It could be. He's, he's still been very good when he's been healthy. Um, the Bears can create some space. They can extend some guys. You know, I, I look on the offensive side um, and say, okay, well, is there anybody you can extend Obviously, you'd like to keep Robinson, at least we're assuming so. But they're in kind of a tough spot. Um, I do think Graham's gone. I think one of those tackles is gone. And, and I think that, you know, look, they're going to have to create maybe maybe Hicks. But I think that would be a very painful cut for them. Let's stay with the defensive side of the ball again for a second there, Matt. Um, J.J. Watts, you know, veteran defensive player out there on the market. I know – you know, a lot of Bears fans are probably itching and hoping and praying that maybe he comes to Chicago. Is that realistic? And if not, where do you see him going? I think it's tough for Chicago. They just don't have the money. I mean, at some point, look, I mean, are they going to keep Allen Robinson? Because if they're going to keep Allen Robinson, you're, that's, that might be it. Like, if the cap goes down to a big degree, that might be and, – and that's not a problem exclusive to the Bears. I mean, that's something the Packers are dealing with, the Chiefs are dealing with. The Steelers are dealing with the Rams, the Saints, the Eagles, the Falcons. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, and this is why, again, if that TV money comes through, agents and the union are going to be screaming for that cap to go up because they know all these guys. Look, stars will get paid, but it's going to be a bloodbath for that second tier. I mean, guys who are, are normally guys who get three year, $25 million deals, they're getting one year, $4 million. And that, that's just the way it's going to be if the cap doesn't go up. So, as far as Watt, I think it's probably pie in the sky for the Bears. They just have bigger needs. And Watt, as great as he is, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's 32 years old. And he's had one really good year out of the last five. So I don't think the Bears will spend the money. I think Cleveland makes sense. Indy makes sense. Uh, Buffalo makes sense. Maybe Kansas City. Um, they are over the cap, but the Chiefs can move money around pretty easily. Um, you know, I – I think those are probably the teams. I know people talk about the Packers because he's from Wisconsin. The Packers have no money. Like, it's not to say they couldn't do it, but then, okay, are you willing to sign J.J. Watt and lose Corey Lindsley, your all-pro center? Are, are you willing to do that? Because that might be the trade-off. If I'm the Packers, I'd rather have Lindsley. So, I think it's tough. I think it's tough. It depends also how much does Watt want. Because if he wants 10, 12-plus million a year, he's significantly cutting down the teams that he can realistically go to. Heading down the home stretch with Matt Veteran, NFL Insider for Fansider.com, right here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Staying abroad in the NFL, Matt, uh, we uh, referenced the franchise tag earlier with Allen Robinson. Dak Prescott is facing that for the second year in a row, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. What is Jerry Jones thinking? Can he sign Dak Prescott to a long, long-term deal, please? Or do, do you know something that we don't know? Because uh, uh, if, it, if it wasn't for Dak's injury last year, we all know that the Dallas Cowboys would have made the playoffs, even though early in the season their defense struggled. What's going on going on down there in Big D? So I don't know anything that you don't know because I don't think many people know what's going on with Dallas. Like if they tag him, 
that is a $30 million, $37 million cap charge. Yeah. Yep. That is an enormous sum of money, especially if this cap does not go up. I don't know that they could even financially do it without having to restructure and extend a ton of guys and push a, put a bunch of money into the future. Now, do I think they even lose him over that? No, because the NFL is built on restructures and extensions and cuts. I, mean, I think Dallas would figure it out. I do not expect him to be anywhere else, at least not at this point. Um, it would behoove Jerry Jones to sign him long-term right now and to keep that number down this year. Because anybody who knows the cap understands, look, let's just say they signed him for four years and $150 million. Even though the average of that is somewhere around $37 million a year, the first-year cap is always lower. So it would probably be like $15, 16000000 million. It wouldn't be $37 million like it's about to be if they have to tag him. And Prescott can put them in a hell of a bind because if they tag him, he doesn't sign that tag. They cannot find him. They, they cannot do anything to him because he's not technically an employee of the team. But that cap charge still counts against them in full come the first day of the league year on March 17th. So if you're the Cowboys, you can tag him. He can go, great, I'm not signing it. You're on the hook for $37 million. You've got to be cap compliant by March 17th. And I don't have to show up to camp. And there's nothing you can do about it because I didn't sign the tag. So it puts them in a really, really tough spot. The, the problem is going to be, though, he's going to say, look, I deserve to get paid like an upper echelon top-tier quarterback, $35 million or so a year. And I don't disagree with him, but he's coming off a brutal injury. You don't know if he's going to be the same guy coming off of it. You hope he is, but it's not certain. And Jerry mm-hmm. Jones is going to come back and say, look, your ankle was all the way turned around the last time we saw you. Like, we don't, we don't know. And he's going to say, yeah, and you know what, Jerry, you're right. I played on the tag for you last year. I didn't mm-hmm. cause a, a fuss over it. And I got hurt. Now you take care of me. That is going to be very, very interesting to see how the Cowboys play that. Now, another quarterback, of course, that's making a lot of headlines is Deshaun Watson. The Texans have said that they're not going to trade him. You know, there's very other various scenarios. So do you think he gets moved? It's so where, if not the Bears? Probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> The Bears are a long shot. Look, I think realistically, he, first of all, he's got to no trade. So he, he can kind of dictate to some extent. The, the, the places he wants to go. John McClain, who's the most plugged-in guy in Houston, went on a radio show out in Denver, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, and said that he would, he would guarantee that he won't go to Denver. So I, I, I believe John. Um, the ones that make the most sense are Miami and the Jets because they have two first-round picks. And they both have a needed quarterback. Reportedly, he would go there, especially Miami. I think the Dolphins are the leader in the clubhouse. You're talking about they could offer, they could offer two firsts this year, first next year, and two of them. That's pretty good. I, I think I would also keep an eye on the Niners. The Niners are ready to move off Garoppolo, have been for a year. And if the Niners could swing Watson, Kyle Shanahan would be in heaven putting Deshaun Watson in that, in that offense. So I think Miami's the favorite if he gets dealt. I think San Francisco is a team to watch. As we talk about quarterbacks being shuffled and moved around, Matt, this offseason looks like it, it, this offseason could be headed that way. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, their general manager, came out on Thursday and said that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is, quote, unquote, our guy today. Uh, do you believe that, or do you think that uh, Ben Roethlisberger will all of a sudden retire if he doesn't agree to take a pay cut for next season? 
I don't think he's going to retire, but I think, look, Aditi Kinkawala, who covers him for NFL Network, she does a great job. She had a line there. They made me laugh on Twitter, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit and, and switching it around for obvious reasons. But she said something to the effect of, you know, that line, like, if, if my husband said that to me, I wouldn't feel good about it, right? And, like, if, I, know, I know I thought it was great because I was like, yeah, you know, if my wife came up to me and said, yeah, well, for right now, you're my husband. I mean, that's not good. That's not probably great long term. The Steelers, Kevin Colbert, like these teams, these guys, they say things with intentional, uh, with intent, I should say. They, they are intentional about the way they word these things. For Kevin Colbert to come out and say, right now, Ben Roethlisberger is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, not great if, if you're hoping that they're back together next year. Like he's got a $41 million cap. It. I think the Steelers are going to go to him and say, listen, we're not screwing around with this. Like you, you're taking a pay cut. We're not extending it. We're not deferring it. We're not. You're taking a pay cut, and if you're not willing to do that, we'll go elsewhere. And I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. A couple more minutes with Matt Verderam of Fans Sided. What's like the one thing in the NF- what NFL want a new league start? Should pe- you know, fans be look- looking forward to? Well, I-, I think, look, you know, free agency is going to be really interesting. You have a lot of really good receivers on the market. Okay, guys like Smith Schuster, Kenny Galladay, Corey Davis. We talked, of course, about Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin. Uh, there, there are some huge names. So if your team needs a receiver, that's something to keep an eye out on. There's a lot of second-tier guys, too. T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald, Sammy Watkins, uh, John Brown might get cut from Buffalo, uh, Rashad Higgins. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys on the market. So that's one thing to watch. And then the draft. Look, some people think this receiver class is better than last year's class, which is a, a mouthful. But some people do believe that inside the league. You're probably going to have four to five quarterbacks go in the first round of the draft. I think you're probably going to have four guys go in the top ten. Okay, Trevor Lawrence will go one. Then you have Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. It's a very, very offensively driven free agency class, in my opinion, and certainly in the draft. Last question from me, Matt. Uh, the New England Patriots, they were 7-9 last year, missed the playoffs. It looks like they're not going to bring back Cam Newton. Uh, some reports have that Marcus Mariota may be the guy in New England. Others uh, say that Jimmy Garoppolo may find his way back there. Of course, if you know the history, you all know that head coach Bill Belichick wanted Jimmy Garoppolo when Brady was there. But, of course, owner Robert Kraft sided Brady over Garoppolo before Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers. What do you see happening there? Uh, I'll be brief. Look, I, I don't know that anyone ever knows what goes on in New England. Uh, it's probably the most tightly lift organization in, in sports. I'd say uh, I, if they could get Garoppolo, I think they would do it. They have the cap space, one of the few teams that do and uh, that does. And I think, you know, you're right. I mean, they, you know, Belichick loved Garoppolo. I think they would do that in two seconds if they could get him. If not, I think they're going to draft the guy. I, I, I think they will go young and they will try to get one of these guys uh, at the, at the, top, of the top of the draft. One more question. One more question for me. Some of the, you know, the various names you've mentioned that are going to be on the market, guys like Trey Boston, who just got released by the Panthers to save some money there. So, you know, do you think that the Bears could probably should maybe, you know, take a flyer on someone like that or some of the other veteran safeties that are out on the market now? They could. They could. Again, you know, as the cap doesn't go up, you're just going to have mid-level guys who are getting crushed by the cap. So, yeah, I mean, that's totally possible. There are going to be deals out there to be had by smart teams. And if you're looking for a veteran guy who needs a one-year deal, three, $4 million, I think you're going to be able to do it. And, and again, those are normally guys who are going to get paid you know, three years and $24 million. They're not going to get that this year. It's, it, not if the cap doesn't go up. No way. 
not at 180. That is not going to happen. You're going to see a bevy of stars get paid in the first 48 hours of free agency, and they're going to be really good players sitting there on July 4th unsigned. Wow. All right. That was Matt Veteran, NFL insider for fansided.com. He also hosts of Stack the Box podcast with Mark Carmen of WGN Radio in Chicago. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Veteran. Once again, at Matt Veteran. Matt, thanks as always. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. Uh, all, all right. right. You too. You too. Stay safe. All right, that was Matt Verderam on fansided.com. He's their NFL insider. Check out his columns and follow him on the Twitter. Lakina, since we have a few minutes left before we have to take a pause for the cause, I want to touch on the Dak Prescott situation. As Matt brought up, he educated me. Uh, I saw your reaction as well. For those of you that are watching us, obviously, on our YouTube feed at War Media, Dak Prescott you know as well as I do, Lakina, when it comes to professional sports, especially the NFL, when when contracts are 25 to 30% guaranteed, it's not fully guaranteed, the owners have the majority, have the position uh, above the player majority of the time. They have the mm-hmm. situation in hand. If, like Matt said, if Dak Prescott doesn't sign that franchise tag, assuming that Dallas will present that to him, like he said, he doesn't have to sign it. If you're Dak, I did it once last year. This is football. Injuries like mine happen all the time. I gave my heart and soul to you, Jerry Jones. And now I'm one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. If it wasn't for my injury last year, despite having a bad defense, we would have been in the playoffs last year. Now, would they have won the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Because, like I said, their defense was bad to start the season, and I had to score 35, 40 points just to win some ball games. But with that being said, if I'm Dak Prescott, the leverage is in my hands, one, because of the season that, that my team had without me because of my injury. And number two, this, this sets up for me to, uh, for, to get a long-term deal, and, and no money comes out of my pocket. So I'm, I'm in the perfect position right now. And you know this as well as I do. Jerry Jones, who was a very savvy businessman, and he, and he likes publicity. You saw that with the, during the Jimmy Johnson years in the early 90s. Uh, his pride will be hurt if Dak Prescott doesn't sign that tag. If, if you, the players in that position, uh, <laughs> this is the situation that you hope for, outside of injury, of course. But if you have Dak Prescott, you're sitting perfectly uh, in the driver's seat right now. Oh yeah, you're you're just chilling. He's he's chilling right mm-hmm. now. Like he said, like you said. I mean, look, and, and Matt covered it too. And I, I, you know, I saw your look too. Said I didn't know it either. That he basically, yeah, you know, he basically has the leverage here because look, you know. I didn't sign the contract initially, so and technically he's mm-hmm. not an employee, employee if he doesn't sign, so he can just go back and chill and just you know, like wait for them to wait for them to call him. And mm-hmm. like you said, said I mean, you know, Jerry Jones does not want bad publicity. He's not one of those guys that say any publicity is good publicity. He does not want the bad publicity. Nor, mm-hmm. like you said, his pride will take a hit. So, I'm I'm thinking they'll probably try and work it out. So. I'm thinking that maybe they may have to move some, you know, numbers around. And plus, you know, apparently mm-hmm. the social, their social media guy, a video came out a few of uh, a couple of weeks ago where he was nowhere seen in that video. They had like guys who didn't even, who were like injured last year. They had, they had, mm-hmm. you know, them on there, but not Dak. So if you're Dak, that's another thing you've got, you know, in your yeah. too. Like, well, hey, look, your social media guy basically treated me like what I'm, I'm a second class citizen here. So like, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. come on, let, let, let's talk. So, I, I'm thinking they'll, they'll figure it out, but it wouldn't surprise me if Dak sits out probably for a little bit of training camp. 
Um, getting back to the salary cap in general, uh, we referred to it in our interview with Matt. Uh, the floor is $180 million as of right now. Hopefully that TV contract, we talked about this about a week or so ago, Lakina. Hopefully it'll get done before uh, the new league year begins on the 13th or the 17th of March, one of the, those two dates. But if the cap doesn't go above 180, 185, like Matt said, uh, it's going to be trouble for a lot of teams. I was reading article yesterday there, there are going to be a lot of veteran a lot of veteran players that will get cut big name veterans that will get cut and i asked Matt about this during our interview with the chicago bears i was reading that in that same article jimmy grant could be cut bobby Massey could be cut charles Leno jr who signed that extension about two three years ago he could be cut so and we read you the the salary numbers for the chicago bears about two or three weeks ago khalil matt takes 20 percent of your cap Let's be honest, he's not going anywhere, unfortunately, because of the money. Kyle Fuller, he makes uh, he's the third on the team in terms of salary. Rob Crins at number two. So the Bears will have some decisions to make, but if that TV money comes through, uh, you could breathe, breathe a, a sigh of relief just temporarily. But we all know that the Bears still have work to do on this roster. And look at the you look at the numbers, Sid, like you said. I mean, if that TV contract goes through and that's what the NFL wants it to happen. You know, we talked about it, you know, last week, it could go up maybe about maybe 190. That might be the, might be the highest it might go. So, and like Matt mentioned it, you know, teams are going to be cheering for that number to get to 190 because if mm -hmm. not, there's going to be a lot of veteran guys. I mean, we're seeing it now with, look at the Panthers. They had the trade, you know, we talked about Trey Boston, but look, Kawani Show mm -hmm. is another guy that got cut also did, you know, Stephen Weather, who's a veteran defensive end got cut that saves him a little over 28 million about about 29 million dollars so there's gonna How be about Falcons players on the defensive end got cut yeah. too yeah i saw that too ricardo allen you know and uh, bailey you know that 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 you mm -hmm. know kiss him and save so there's gonna be a lot of veteran guys familiar names that you know guys you shouldn't be surprised if they're end up being on the chopping block especially if that cap number doesn't go that you know the salary cap number doesn't go up yeah going back to the bears for just a moment if that salary cap number goes up to at least 190, maybe 195, that's kind of wishy-washy, but let's just say 190. Jimmy Graham was not bad for the Bears this year. If you're the Bears, you you hopefully you would keep him, and hopefully him and Cole Komet would work together. If you're the Bears, work Cole Komet into your offensive gameplay more next season, please, Matt Nagy, please. But that combination it wouldn't be bad at all. I think it would be better if Matt Nagy and his offensive staff do what they're supposed to do. But I didn't have a problem with Jimmy Graham uh, last year when the Bears signed him. I said, let's see if we can get out of him. And he was he was the man early on. But if, like you said, if that cap is between 180 and 185, it could be a trouble for a whole lot of teams, uh, not just the Bears, but going to your big market teams like Pittsburgh and Dallas, and they, you know, they gave that money to Amari Cooper, their wide receiver, about a year or so ago. They brought in Jerome McCoy before he got hurt in training camp uh, this past season. So uh, it, it's going to be a whole lot of problems for a whole lot of teams, as Matt said, if that, if that salary cap doesn't go up by at least $10 million. Well, and also, too, if you know, Graham does come back, I think it's a slim <laughs> chance to have him, but if he does, who's going to throw to him? That's gonna be yeah. that's gonna be a thing. Yeah. Like who's who's gonna throw who's he gonna throw who's gonna throw it to him? I mean, and to commit to and to all the other guys, you know, Robinson too, if he gets the franchise tag. I mean, at this point, I mean, look, if you're Jimmy Graham, do you really wanna 
stay here when the future's pretty much uncertain. You know, you have a, a brass that's probably <laughs> a, a lame duck, you know, season. Do you really want to come back here when there are probably other teams that could probably use your services or probably use you better mm-hmm. than they did last year? So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of something that we don't know, the Bears quarterback situation, I'll have to ask you this question before we break. Uh, I, I was watching uh, um, and listening to a New York sports radio program. You want, if you want me to mention it, fine. If not, so be it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Okay. I was watching the Michael K show. Uh, of course, it's on ESPN New York. Uh, and also Simon Caster on Yes. I was actually watching that via my computer <laughs> uh, <laughs> earlier this morning. And they were talking about Sam Darnold. Of course, that station is um, flagship home for the New York Jets. Uh, that's enough free advertising for them. But <laughs> but they were talking about the future of Sam Darnold. It's pretty much likely that he's done there because they're going to draft, uh, I'm sure, Justin Fields. Uh, I forgot who Matt mentioned during our interview. But they're going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they're going to try Lance and, and start from scratch. And, and um, Michael K. was talking about uh, Sam Darnold possibly coming to Chicago, according to Phil Yates of ESPN. And I, and I said, after the, the, the Wentz trade was announced on Thursday, and I remember we had our Super Bowl uh, preview show with Kyle Means, contact director at War Media. And I said, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bears got Wentz. Now, since the Bears will not have Carson Wentz, it wouldn't surprise me if they have Sam Darnold because, as Matt said during our interview, he's cheap. He's in his completed his third year out of USC, and if you're if you're Matt Nagy, he's young enough. We can quote unquote fix him. I'm using air quotes there, folks listening exclusively on a podcast. We can fix him. He's young enough. He doesn't cost anything. Economically, it would work, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm high on Sam Darnold, but I'm not going to say he's a bust either because even though look at the situation he was in with the Jets, no offensive line, no running game. Le'Veon Bell is a shell of himself. They didn't have a number one wide receiver. I know James and Crowder people want to yell at me about. <laughs> James and Crowder was a perfect number three wide receiver with the Washington football team. He's not a number one, folks, so don't yell at me at that. Mm-mm. So, it, it, yes, did Sam Darnold have his moments of that he didn't play well during his first couple of years? Yes, but I thought he played well, especially during that last month of the season when the team picked up the only two victories of the 2020 season. So I get the idea, especially economically, that it will work for Chicago. But I, I, being honest, Lakina, I know I'm speaking on both sides of my brain right now. If the Bears take Sam Darnold, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I will not be shot, but at the same time, I'm not going to jump for joy either. <laughs> that's what, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, because that's where I am with Sam Darnold. I mean, look, we saw, yeah. I don't think he's terrible, but I, you know, we saw a little bit of flash to him, but like you said, Sid, I mean, I, I won't like, you know, you know, rage if they get him, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably, it's probably cheaper to get, you know, you don't have to probably give up a lot of, you know, capital to get him, but you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't go crazy if, you know, they get Darnold. I mean, I think, like you said, so he's still young enough. He's only like 25. So I think he's still young enough to, you can, you know, quote unquote, you know, fix him or maybe, you know, try to, he's mm-hmm. not really, I don't think, I don't see him as a reclamation project, unlike, unlike uh, Wentz 
because we haven't seen much of Sam Darnold yet, you know, because he was you know injured mm-hmm. for the first few years of you know his career. So, and I think he's still young enough to to perhaps maybe maybe he could write the ship. You know, maybe he just needs to change the scenery. Also, too, I was thinking about this, and sometimes I do have crazy thoughts. Sometimes I share them <laughs> on here, and no, sometimes really? I don't. <laughs> exactly. But uh, as I said, Sam Darnold could be the young version of Nick Foles. Do you think I'm going crazy with that idea? Or do you think there's something to it? I think you might have a little because something Because this would be, a, a, I'm viewing it as a safe pick for the Bears. Uh, he's young enough, we can quote unquote fix him, but <laughs> I mean, I this mean, is look, the best we can do. We just throw it by This is yeah. the best we can do. We yeah, can't it, get Watson. We can't get uh, <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Uh, we can't Garoppolo get or... Right, Garoppolo. Yeah, we can't get nobody else. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. This is, this, is, this is the best we can do. Yeah, I, I think, look, if that's, you know, you want to sell it to your fan base then, you want to sell it to your, the Bears fan base, like, hey, you know what, this is the, you know, Sam Darnold's doing the best we could do, but, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. look, I don't want to speak for all Bears fans. I don't think, the, I don't think, I don't think many Bears fans will rage if we don't, if, you know, they, if they get Darnold, I mean, you know, he mm-hmm. is still young enough to, you know, so he can be, you know, quote unquote, be fixed, but, you know, but I think, if, I'm sure some Bears fans are gonna say, "Well, maybe we should try to, you know, go for the moon on Watson." But you may have to, you may have to throw in a, Ro- a Roquan Smith. Like her, so, you know, her um, David Kaplan said on Captain Hood earlier, like, "Hey, you know, how about Jalen Johnson?" You're like, "I'm not, uh, if you're the, if you're the Texas, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not you're just trying to watch it for you know two you know three firsts, two twos, and Jalen. No, I'm not doing that. So no, I'm, no, not not a chance. Yeah, probably want, if if, they, if the Texas wanted somebody from our secondary, I'm going at the Kyle Fuller. Yeah. Yeah, and, and apparently, I guess they're high on him. They want to, you know, they want to give him the extension and give him even more money. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe you know, whatever. But I, I'm thinking, look, I I wouldn't mind Sam Darnold. I, I won't, like I said, I I don't think most, not every Bears fan, but I think most Bear fans mm-hmm. will not like go crazy. Oh, you know, Sam Darnold, like, okay, that's fine. But but you know, but you know what those said, Matt actually raised an interesting point. You know, when we when it comes to Sean Watson, I was thinking about maybe perhaps, and we talked about it too when we were talking about possible destinations for him. Sam Fran, mm-hmm. I can I can I can see John Lynch probably saying, "Look, we'll give you Garoppolo. You know, maybe may, they may have to throw in one of their defensive guys, maybe two two first rounders, and maybe a you know a couple of second rounders, and then because mm-hmm. that's basically all they need, right?" At Sam Fran, their problem was injuries, you know, last season. Yeah. And you know, Garoppolo, you know, is probably going to be is probably has already has one foot out the door anyway. So why not? Uh, yeah, if you're San Francisco, I'm with you, Lakina. I think they're the dark horse team in all of this. Like you mentioned, John Lynch, we know when his playing days with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing against the Bears for the majority of his career. But going back to the front of us, he fleeced Ryan Pace, and <laughs> Ryan Pace fleeced himself with Trubisky. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> it's so much fun to talk about, though, because that's basically what he did. That's basically what he did. He, he basically fleeced yep. him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But but they are a dark horse team for Watson. Let's, let's assume that they did get Deshaun Watson. You know, you're back in a, in a Super Bowl picture. The NFC – and I'm sorry we didn't get to uh, this team with Matt, but the Los Angeles Rams, in, of course, acquiring Matt Stafford in exchange for picks and Jared Goff. That's going to be a crowded division uh, in the NFC West next year. Of course, we didn't bring this up with Matt either. But uh, Russell Wilson calling out his office of line uh, via the Dan Patrick show a week or so ago. That's going to be a crowded division next year. Callum Murray, Murray with Arizona, Deshaun Watson potentially with San Fran. You got Matthew Stafford with the Rams. And, of course, 
Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. That's going to be a it's going to be a competitive division anyhow with or without Deshaun Watson in the 49ers uniform. But uh, if Watson goes to the 49ers somehow, it's really going to get tough. You cannot take a week off in that division. Oh, and I would love it because I'm a because like you know we said I'm a big fan of that division. I feel like it doesn't get as due. Mm -hmm. People don't want to really notice that division, but if look, it was already great. Now that Matt Stafford's over there with in with the Rams, if you mm -hmm. you throw the Sean Watson in there, oh my God, it's it's gonna be a, a you know a pound uh, regular good old NFC you know North or NFC you know East back in the day you know grounded pound yeah. pounded out you know fight for that division. Yeah, it, it should be a whole lot of fun. Musa! <laughs> I was worried about, look, before, before we break, Lakin, I was really worried about how we were going to open up this show today, but I want to personally put my hands together and thank you, Carson Wentz, for agreeing to not <laughs> come to Chicago and going with your quote-unquote heart and going to the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> Frank Wright, who's going to coach you. Thank you for giving us some material to talk about on our show this weekend. Love you, buddy. Love you. Well, and also, too, I mean, there were reports that came out that say he didn't want to come here anyway. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, I'm like, okay, now that should make Bears fans. Yeah, I know Sid's going to feel, and you know, myself, too, are going to feel like a lot better. That, or oh, buddy Jason, too, that, you know, that he didn't really want to come here mm -hmm. anyway. So, hey, you know, that's, that's you know, fine with us. I think, you know, both teams are better off. Now, like Matt said, you know, will he actually be able to, you know, you know, play well and maybe from Frank Wright will be able to fix him. And because that's basically, if, if you're a Colts fan, you got to be feeling a little bit, you know, you have to be feeling pretty good too. You didn't have to give up really too much for him. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the quarterback's really all basically what you need, you know, because you're basically a Super Bowl contender. Now, does, you know, Wentz make him a Super Bowl contender? Not yet. I think people want to see how he plays and if he sort of, mm -hmm. you know, shake out. And I'm sure they're going to have to get somebody else because. They really don't have, like I said, I, I doubt Brissett's coming back. He's probably going to want to go somewhere else and try mm -hmm. to see you go for a starting job. So I don't, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. And also, will they resign now wide receiver T.Y. Hilton? That's another big question, too. And, and the money factor, like like Matt said. I mean, yeah. There's going to be, like he says, there's going to be a whole lot of veteran guys that are going to be on the market now by the time, by the time, right before training camp starts because of this, the, you know, the uncertain cap situation for all these teams. Yeah. Thank you, Carson Wentz, for giving us a break as Bears fans. <laughs> We're going to give you fans that are listening to this and watching our podcast a short break as well. We'll take a 20-second timeout. On the flip side, we'll talk about the Chicago Bulls and their, and their great comeback win over the Detroit Pistons. We'll get into some NBA as well, college football, and we'll show some Blackhawks some love as well. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports. That's why the Bulls play Philadelphia tonight, but we cannot talk about the game no, because no, we we of, uh, yeah. because I'll be playing by the time this is released in the morning. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know we're already recording. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go back to Second City Sports Zoom style. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom style. <laughs> Hello, with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakita McGee. Sorry, folks. You know, we get to, you know, we always do our planning like, you know, right, Phil. But I'm, I'm glad you guys see, look, we plan things out <laughs> beforehand well, for the most part. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and the Keita McGee on the IG. <laughs> you can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. And you can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming for War Media by going to our website, weareregalradio.com. And wherever you download your podcast or all podcasts, uh, download 
podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Just type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube. For those of you that's watching us on YouTube right now at War Media, once again, at W-A-R-R Media, you can not only listen to us, but watch us as well. And we thank you in advance for your support. Mwah! Like, share, subscribe, and tell your buddies. Yes, and we are unapologetically fun. And uh, one team, at least locally here in Chicago, that is having fun right now, Lakina, is the Chicago Bulls. They were they were two and zero this week. Yes, the, we know about the game against the Philadelphia 76ers. This you're listening to this assuming today is Saturday. The Friday night game against the Philadelphia 76ers has already been played. We'll review that game for you on our next episode. But earlier this week, they had a very good week going 2-0. They defeated the Indiana Pacers on the road, 120-112 to in overtime. And of course, in a late game scratch, against the, uh, which would have been against the Charlotte Hornets, that game was not played on Wednesday due to Charlotte's COVID issues. Instead, the Bulls had a home game with the Detroit Pistons after trailing by 25 points. They came back and won the game by the score of 105 to 102. Lakina Zach Levine with his performances uh, during these last couple of games, he is continuing to make his case to become uh, to, to become an All Star. Of course, the All Star starters were announced on Thursday. We'll get to those in a few minutes, but let's focus in on the Bulls. Lakina Zach Levine, uh, he's making a strong push to be to wanted to become named an all-star. I'm assuming that the reserves will be announced next week. But Levine's play on the court is really doing a whole lot of uh, talking going in the, in the positive direction right now. Oh, look, I mean, I think Zach you know, is showing you why he should be in the, maybe not in the top tier, but definitely in the second tier of guys in the league. I mean, he's led the, he leads the team in scoring and three points, three-point shooting. And look, He's showing leadership too. I think that he's you know one of those young guys on the team that's showing you know that those leadership skills. Yes, yes, we have that. You know, yes, you have Garrett Temple to do that, but mm-hmm. also too is you know it's good to have one of your young guys be also be that vocal leaders because the other the other young guys will follow their league. And you know, look, I, I hate that Zach Levine doesn't get doesn't get his due nationally. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think Kenny Smith, who look, who we all look, we all love and adore, you know, on, on TNT. But he, yeah. I, think, I think he referred to him as like that kid from Chicago, you know, the place with Chicago Bulls <laughs> or, something, or something like that. You know, last night I'm like, uh, 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 wait, uh, Kenny, his name is Zach Levine. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure he's gonna get noticed, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game tonight against Philly. Well, again, we'll talk about that, you know, next week. But you know, he he's just been you know amazing. Also, too, the team has been really good. I mean. Pat Williams, you know, had his struggles in the Indiana game, but you know, did very well in the Pistons mm-hmm. game. Um, Kobe White, I mean, had to you know, hit some big shots. You know, Garrett Temple's been really good. Sadaransky, mm-hmm. you know, has you know has made some points. Also, to the Valentine, so it, it's it's good to see that fight. That you know, I wasn't worried about the Detroit game once they were up. You know, I've seen Detroit do this. You know, they had had big leads and they you know, they <laughs> let it disappear. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about the Detroit game. And look, look, this game was literally like put together last minute. So you know, you got to give them a little bit of you know leeway there. But look, the Bulls, you know, came back and. You know, they they looked really good, and you know, look, I think you know Zach Levine is getting that that clutch gene, and Wendell Carter Jr. had a nice return, you know, eighteen points. So, 
I, mm-hmm. I th- look, I think if you're a Bulls fan, you got to be feeling encouraged. Now, I know some people are sort of, you know, like torn, like, do they want them? Do you want them to make like that, you know, that sort of that play in playoff game? Or do you want to try to get a top 10 pick to get one of the, you know, one of those, you know, top tier guys, you know, coming from college, you know, you know, next summer. But I, look, I think it's good to see that you have options if you're a Bulls fan. You got to be feeling encouraged. Yes, you have options to view the Chicago Bulls. As we said all season, Lakina, this was the season for evaluation of individual players. And right now, you're seeing them trending up in the right direction as a team. Now, some guys individually still have a lot of work to do, but you have to be encouraged by what you're watching with the Chicago Bulls right now. You had to be worried a little bit with that, referring to that, back to that Detroit game on Wednesday, Lakina. Yes, it was put together at the last minute. How can you uh, – I saw some Bulls fans on Twitter uh, complain about how could you trail by 25 points against a bad team. On the outside, I can see where fans were coming from. Excuse me. But with no Blake Griffin, who's now looking to get uh, traded or released at the latest, and, of course, they traded away Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks. I get it. They're a bad team, but – like you said, Lakina, the game was put together at the last uh, second. Uh, you don't, uh, you cannot blame the Bulls for that. As we said before in this program, the Bulls, regardless, have to play a full 48-minute game of consistency. They got away with it on Wednesday, but I'm not going to pounce on them too hard for Wednesday's game because of the circumstances. Now, they did get it together in the second half, wherever Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Bulls, said in that locker room, Apparently it worked because they came out on fire and they did what they had to do. Now the Indiana game is a whole nother story. You had a you had a big lead, almost blew it. You had to take extra time to defeat the Pacers. The Pacers are a good team, folks, even though they're still struggling to keep that record above 500. But the Bulls did what they had to do on the road um, this past Monday. And Zach Levine came up big once again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I look, I, I look, I think that that's their first. I think that was their first win in Indianapolis since like 2016 or something like that. So they had like a 12, 10 or 12 game like losing streak, you know, in Indy. So that that's a big win, you know, in, in that part to break that long streak. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I hated that that game was overtime. They they could have you know held on to it in regulation, but look, this is unfortunately been par par for the course for the Bulls. You know these. You know these last you know few weeks especially, but look, I think you take the win, you take the you know you take you know, so you're gonna have bumps mm-hmm. in the road. Look, what I look, I want them to play a 48 minute consistent you know game from start to finish. But again, you know with guys being in the lineup for injuries, they're not there yet. Hopefully, we'll get there soon. But you mm-hmm. know I'm willing to be patient. I mean you know they of course you know they got after Philly tonight they got Sacramento and Houston, Minnesota, Phoenix, mm-hmm. Toronto, who's like they're playing well. Denver, that should be a good one. Also, and also, uh, they go at New Orleans to finish out that first half. So, if you can get to, if you get at least to five hundred, you know, get to five hundred at least, you know, be you know right near five hundred as you start, you know, on by the All Star break. I think you got to mm-hmm. be feeling pretty good. Yeah, you had to feel pretty good. And I was listening to a, a show this morning, or I believe it was yesterday. That the Bulls are, uh, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Lakina. I'm sure you have the standings uploaded faster than I do. <laughs> but they're uh, uh, two games behind the sixth seed. Yep, they are. And they're only, I know, a half game behind the eighth seed. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the way this team has been playing, you really can't complain too much given the expectations of this team going into the season. Yes, they're not a championship team. 
They're not even a top four or top five team. But given the circumstances of what this team has gone through, you have to pat them on the back. And as I said before, uh, a, head, a real head coach, i.e. Billy Donovan, has made the difference in this team between this year and last year. That is clearly the seat. It's amazing what a competent, you know, front office and a, a, a competent, a pretty good confident coach, you know, can get you. It can make a lot of difference. This is what it looks like. <laughs> That's how it looks, and it, it's it's just you know astonishing. Like you, like you said, said they're only they're only four they're only two games out of the fourth seed, <laughs> which like, we're like we're not no no we're, yeah. not, we're not saying that they're going to be a four seed, folks. Let let's <laughs> let, let let's, <laughs> let's you know, we're we're not we're not saying that. But I I think you know look, I mean they they could be right on the cusp of you know getting one of those at the very least one of those play in spots you know for the playoffs, but. This is probably a good spot if you're the if you're a Bulls fan. I mean, a lot of the teams are you can't control what a lot of teams around you do. But look at you know look at uh, Milwaukee. They lost five in a row. You know the Nets. You know got a big win last night against the Lakers. They they've now won five in a row. So and you know the Cavaliers that were actually right where the Bulls were. They've now lost eight in a row. So you know that that's yeah, that's a, that's amazing how things can change quickly, especially in a season like this. Yes, realistically, I think if you're a Bulls fan, you uh, you you are in the driver's seat to play in that play-in tournament, uh, which is 7th through 10th at the end of the season. I think that's where that your team should be, provided that this this management doesn't gut the roster, which I don't see that happening. If they trade you by, maybe it would be a veteran that a team needs because someone got hurt or something to that extent. But I don't see Arturis Konishevitz or Mark Eversley gutting this roster. This, this team is too competitive. Uh, at this point to quote-unquote gut the roster. That's not going to happen. So they may make a minor move or two, but I don't see them mortgaging the future. They're not going to gut this roster. Like you said, they're not Cleveland. They're not Detroit. They're not Minnesota, the Timberwolves. So uh, this is pretty much the team that you're going to see between now and the end of the regular season. Hopefully you get a couple guys back. I know Wendell Carter Jr., as we mentioned, he came back on Wednesday against the Pistons. Laurie Morgan, I hope he'll come back and not get hurt anymore and pick – pick up where he left off before he was hurt just this uh, past time. So uh, things are looking up for the Bulls. It's just consistency is what I'm worried about from this young young squad. And, and they're the youngest team in the league, like you said. So they're, they're still the youngest team in the league, believe it or not. I know some people have, that find mm-hmm. it hard to believe. But, yeah, this team is still super young, and they're still learning how to, you know, play together. And, you know, they have good coaching around them now. So they can kind of, you know <laughs> – take the time to develop these guys and see what these guys' strengths and weaknesses are. I mean, you know, could they maybe perhaps maybe trade at that young, maybe, you know, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want, you know, his services. He's a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I, I heard some, I heard like our buddy Matt Peck say that, you know, the Lakers are want, you know, have, you know, put feelings out for Denzel Valentine, <laughs> his favorite player. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Ah, sorry about me, love you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you, do you try to maybe you know, trade one of those guys? But I don't see them, you know, trading a, a Levine or a Wendell Carter Jr. or a Laurie. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. AK Everson. I think they, I think they have a plan. I think they want to see what they have and see that okay, if we want to build around this guy or you know, want to trade this guy maybe in the off season. But I don't see. I don't like we've been saying for the last you know couple of weeks that I don't see this team making any big trades. I just don't. I don't either, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Bulls finish out this first half of the season, especially after the schedule you just read read off. So as we mentioned before, we'll review that uh, Philadelphia game from Friday and the Saturday game against the Sacramento Kings on our next podcast coming up 
next week. Let's switch over to the NBA right now as you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Let's expand to the association, Lakina. Let's work uh, face backwards as we will we'll review some of the top games from this past week. Of course, let's head to the Thursday night action that you mentioned. I uh, did catch the entire second half of this contest. It was the Brooklyn Nets over the Lakers, 109 to 98. Of course, Kevin Durant did not play for Brooklyn. Of course, Anthony Davis uh, will be out uh, for about a month with that uh, Achilles injury. Uh, do not let this final score fool you, folks. Uh, Brooklyn took control of this game midway through the second quarter and did not look back. James Harden had another big game, 23 points, 11 dimes. That's assist for you folks scoring at home. And, of course, LeBron James carried the Lakers for 32 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. Lakina, I saw a stat uh, through through three quarters. Brooklyn has 16 three-pointers made. The Lakers only have five. Also, Joe Harris for Brooklyn had a big game as well. He actually got an interview from Reggie Miller after the game as well. So nice <laughs> to see him get some love. I know, right? Harris has been around a long time, and that's clear probably yeah. the best game. He, that's, that's clear the best game he's had in a while. So, you know, good good props mm-hmm. to him. And he, of course, like you said, he got the interview, the TNT interview. So good for him. Uh, look, to me, I think this game really doesn't mean anything. It, it, it doesn't. And I, I, I kind of feel like neither team is at full strength right now. I think that mm-hmm. game showed you that, you know, perhaps I'm sure the Lakers are going to try to pull a trade, probably try to get an Andre Drummond or a Blake Griffin or somebody like that to kind of mm-hmm. hold down the four, you know, while you know, whenever AD is able to come back, I would say just sit him as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has a, a Achilles and a now a calf injury, so you don't want to mess around with that. So, look, I'm, I'm sure – look, if you're a Nets fan, okay, yeah, you, you beat the Lakers, but, they, you know, they didn't have AD and you didn't have, you know, K, you know KD. So, it, it's mm-hmm. – you, know, you can take the win. Look, Joe, Joe Harris, who I've been a fan of since he was at Virginia, you know, good for him. You know, he got definitely his best – like I said, his best game of the season. So, I'm, I'm not – to me, this really doesn't. This game really didn't mean anything. It, you know, yeah, the Nets dominated, but it didn't really mean much. It probably won't mean much either. Uh, you know, by the end of it, this game probably won't mean anything to one team, but it will mean something to uh, this team that I'm going to mention right now. The Toronto Raptors, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, look here, they. Uh, they came out of the gates of the season struggling. Of course, they are playing all their home games this year in Tampa, Florida, uh, due to the pandemic that we're still in right now, even though some things are opening up slowly. But with that being said, they got a big win against the Milwaukee Bucks on the road on Thursday, 110-96. to Norman Powell, their backup shooting guard, had a, had his best game of the year, 29 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 23 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. Lakina. I want to throw a mini panic button with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. They'll be okay, but they're like another team in the Western Conference that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. But the Milwaukee Bucks, as I said before, show me in the playoffs. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm not freaking out. I'm sure Bucks fans probably are. You know, I'm sure they're probably pressing mm-hmm. the panic button. You know, they've lost five in a row. But, look, I, I this is going to be more about Toronto. I mean, Toronto's won seven of the last ten. I think that they're starting to kind of, you know, mesh together. And also, too, adjusting to not being able to play in, in Canada. I think they're finally starting to adjust to that. I mean, they've had big wins, mm-hmm. you know, the two wins against the Bucks. I don't look. I know they had like that head scratcher against you know, the Timberwolves last week. I look, like, but like I said, hey, it's gonna happen, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's gonna be look. Like I said before, I think you know, the the Raptors are gonna finish strong, and I think. And I'm not worried about the Bucks either. So I think Bucks fans should mm-hmm. sort of you know take a take a deep breath and you know 
look, you're going to have these kind of struggles, even in a, in a shortened, you know, 72 game season, you're going to have these sort of, you know, little mini, you know, streak struggles. All right, let's go back to Wednesday. There are a few highlight games that we want to review very quickly with you guys. It was the Portland Trail Blazers over the New Orleans Pelicans, 126 to 124. Dane Dollar, as the kids will call him, Damian Lillard had the game-winning basket uh, with a game-high 43 points and 16 dimes. And Zion Williamson had 36 points for the New Orleans Pelicans, along with six rebounds and four assists. I did watch that game very closely, Lakina. Via my TV, <laughs> New Orleans. I, I, of course, there are ways and ways as far as really competing hard as a playoff team. I think they have the pieces to be a playoff team, but they just cannot get over that hump. I know there are trade fillers, i.e., rumors out there for Alonzo Ball. Will JJ Reddick be on the move? I can't believe he's 36 now. I know how time flies. <laughs> Shows you how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> Using that in air quotes on this show, but. <laughs> Going back to Portland, I was watching Chris Haynes uh, from Yahoo Sports. He was on undis I think it was undisputed on FS1, and he said that he has Dane Dollar as his top three candidate for MVP. Do you agree? I think he's right up there. I think he's right up okay. there in, in that. I think. And look, not bad for uh, the Blazers team that actually literally got to got to New Orleans like the day of the game. They were having travel mm -hmm. issues because of the ice, all the ice and the cold. You know that's happening all over the the South, especially so. The, you know, props to him for being being able to kind of pull that game out. That was a, actually a really thrilling game. And I think, look, I think Dame's doing what Dame does. I think, you know, people are starting to notice now. You know, you have all these games now on you know, the East Coast. Mm -hmm. they, the East Coast are actually trying to see what we've been saying for the last few years about yeah. Damian Lillard. So, look, we know firsthand, you know, as a Chicago fan, because he did it to us um, a few weeks back. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, look, he's been doing it for a long time. And I'm glad that people are starting to see around the nation are finally starting to see how good Damien is. Another MVP candidate in my mind, Joel Embiid from Wednesday, the Philadelphia 76ers get by the Rockets 118 to 113. Uh, Joel Embiid had 31 points, 11 rebounds and nine assists. John Wall had 28 for Houston. Lakina, I know Philadelphia is at the top of the Easter Conference given Milwaukee's struggles currently. Where do you have Mr. MB as far as MVP uh, standings are concerned? Definitely top five. I think definitely think okay. he's definitely a top five candidate. I think look, he's he's looked really good. You know, look if he can, you know, knock on wood, avoid injuries. I think he's. <laughs> I can he's hear going, it. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. He's you know showing you why he's one of the top players. And look, I think that he's one of the reasons why the Phillies where they are right now. And I think if he can keep that consist, keep up that consistency, I think he'd definitely be right there in the top, definitely in the top three for MVP. Okay, one more game from this past Wednesday. I did watch this game live via my computer. <laughs> it was the Utah Jazz getting by the Clippers, 114-96. Rudy Gobert, a, another 20-20 game from him, 23 points and 20 rebounds. Yes, the Jazz play great team defense. We all know what Donovan Mitchell is capable of. Capable of. As I said before, I want to see them do this in the playoffs consistently. They did not do that last year against Denver in the bubble. You saw what happened. Mm -hmm. Lakina, as I said before, they're not going to get that third star. Who's going to step up to be that third player? I know Jordan Clarkson had another big game. He's been showing up these past couple weeks. But where's Joe Ingles? Where's uh, Banyanovic? Will, will one of those guys step up to help out Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert? Because really, the scoring low is really on Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and, that, and, and, and Gobert too. And that, that's not what you want if you want to advance the playoffs. You can't you can't depend on Mitchell to 
Spider, as they call him, to, uh, you know, to be lead the scoring and, you know, have Gobert sort of pick up the slack in the rebounding part, rebounding front. You can't do that. If you want to be taken seriously, and I look, I know that they're still upset about the, what happened, you know, against Denver in that bubble in the playoff series, but look, mm-hmm. show it in the playoffs. You guys are in a nice role right now. You got the best record in the league, but we need you to, we need to see this for you guys in the playoffs. I'm sorry. You have to, you know, we, we need you guys to show, show us, show us in the playoffs and, you know, maybe people will take you seriously. Uh, of course, uh, from Tuesday, the Denver Nuggets lose to the Boston Celtics 112 to 99. Nikolai Jokic had 43 points. And of course, the next night, my Nuggets, <laughs> they lost to the Wizards by two. I still have Jokic as my top five pick for MVP, but this team's struggling. And uh, that's really, uh, I don't know if he's going to get it when it's all said and done, but he's in my top five right now. And I actually, on our previous show, I actually picked Luka Dantich. Uh, to get the MVP. Right now he's coming on as of late, but Dallas is still trying to get to 500, and I think that's what's going to hurt him if Dallas doesn't turn it around quickly. I, yeah, I'm with you. I Look, I also had Lucas sort of like my top two or three MVP MVP uh, guys, but like you said, so if, they, if the Mavs don't get it together and get back, get back to above 500, he can just forget it. Yeah. Before we give you some news from the All-Star game, let's give you a couple of games to watch for this Saturday and Sunday from the association. Of course, Saturday night's game, which is tonight, if you listen to this on a Saturday, (laughs) uh, at 7.30 p.m. on ABC is the Miami Heat taking on the Los Angeles Lakers in the rematch of the last year's NBA Finals via the bubble. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Bulls will play the will host the Sacramento Kings. Another good game on Saturday at 8 o'clock Chicago time is the Phoenix Suns traveling to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. John Moran versus Devin Booker. Well, that should be a lot of fun. And Phoenix has been playing very well lately, too. Memphis is mm-hmm. sort of, you know, Memphis is kind of creeping back up a little bit. You know, they had like that little, yeah. that kind of that battery because of they were all coming back from the COVID protocols, but they're starting to kind of creep up. So that should be a fun one. And shout out to our good friend, Mr. Uh, Eugene McIntosh, he's a big uh, Damian Lillard fan, of course, on Saturday at 9 o'clock Chicago time. This is the Washington Wizards taking on the Portland Dra- uh, Trailblazers. Dame Dollar versus uh, Bradley Beal. That should be fun. High scoring indeed. Absolutely. Um, let's go to the Sunday matches real quick, Sid. You got Boston, New Orleans. That's going to be that's gonna be an ABC. Or tomorrow, if you're gonna be, you guys are going to be listening to us on, on uh, Saturday. Boston and New Orleans, that should be a fun one there. That's the ABC tilt. That should be good. Yes. Yes, and also, too, you have the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Toronto Raptors from Tampa. That's at 6 p.m. on Sunday night. And you have the Timberwolves and Knicks. Um, Julius Randle, perhaps some people are calling him an all-star. I know he's scored a career-high 40-plus points earlier this week. Tom Thibodeau has the Knicks team playing very well right now. Uh, 6.30 p.m. on Sunday, Chicago time. It's the Denver Nuggets traveling to Atlanta to take home the Hawks, home of this year's All-Star game. We'll get to that in just a moment. But Sunday night's game on ESPN at 7 o'clock Chicago time is the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Los Angeles Clippers on the West Coast as the Nets continue to uh, well wrap up their West Coast uh, part of their uh, schedule on the road trip. That should be a fun, fun oh, one. Oh, that should be a very thorough one on ESPN, too. So, guys, make sure you guys check, check that out. Yep. Now, Lakina, the all-star starters were announced on Thursday. <laughs> I don't know if you have the list in front of you, but I know there was a couple of people upset that uh, a couple of guys weren't on there. But 
even though this is the game, in my opinion, that should not be played, we'll get to that in a minute. But looking at the all-star starters, I got nothing. I don't. I I I, I have don't. no complaints. I really I, I, don't. Look, I'm I'm fine with this. I mean, I I'm look. I mean, LeBron. Okay, LeBron led the led the um the voting. Okay, yay. Okay, we we figured that. Yo, Steph. Okay, fine. Luca. Fine. Nikola Jokic. Look, he's having a great season. He deserves to be in there. And also to the also to Kawhi Leonard. That's the West Side. Mm -hmm. On the East Side, you know, KD. You know, you can say that. You know, some may question that, but look, I'm not I'm not complaining about that. Mm -hmm. Giannis Embiid, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie. Kyrie. That might be the one that probably maybe some people might have some folks scratching their heads. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't really have a big issue. But also, too, like I don't know why they're even trying to do an All Star game. But again, you know, we'll get to that in a little in a, in a second here. <laughs> but uh, but okay. why? But you know what? Uh, whatever. Like okay, yay. Okay, fine. Good. Good for them. <laughs> and it's gonna it should be should be an interesting one. All, all the again, you know, I'll, I'll I'll let you have the floor on this one, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the All Star game for 2021 is Sunday, March 7th from Atlanta, Georgia. That's on TNT. Of course, before the game, you'll have your skills competition and three-point contest. And of course, at halftime, you'll have the slam dunk contest. The only people that are going to be in the stands are the local healthcare workers, and you'll have uh, members from the HBCU family from, from all, that's historically black colleges and universities. Yep. They're, they're going to be in the tennis. Of course, the game is for charity to benefit and donate, donate to all HBCUs throughout the, across the United States. I, I don't have a problem on what, which uh, the, um, the money is going to. That part I don't have a problem with, Lakina. But why are you having this all-star game? What makes me mad is you put this together at the last minute, but like LeBron James said a few weeks ago, uh, you were told that you weren't going to have an all-star game this year, and then you put this together at the last second. This makes no sense. And especially when you have the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, you know, who, who's a, you know, terrific. Um, we don't then, want Stay your ass at home. Go home. Go. That's basically, go yeah, that's basically what she, that, that's, par I'm paraphrasing what she said, you know, she said, the mayor yeah. of Atlanta. That's basically what she says. That, Look, you ain't partying down here. You go inside oh, your house no, and party. No, you, you oh, all take not, your, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to go home, but you better get the hell up out of here. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's basically what she said. You know, not in those that, that particular words, but, you know, look, <laughs> that's, a, that's a black mama talking. You know, she a mama, so <laughs> she's a mama. So that, that's probably, like, in, in black mama ease, you know, for those of you who are wondering. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but I'm on with her, though. I mean, I, I look, I know um, Adam Silver, who is the NBA commissioner, of course, and the finishes to say, look, you know, we've, you know, looked at all the protocols. There's going to be some tight protocols. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I probably will, you know, peek and watch, but... I don't think mm -hmm. this is a good idea. Look, there are other ways you can, you, you know, you can, um, you know, you know, do the proceeds for HBCUs. Maybe do like a, a do do what it did in the Pro Bowl. I mean, do something like that. Just in, uh, you know, introduce everybody and just you know, trade stories and have a free for all. I mean, come on, the, you can, there, there are other ways. You can do this. <laughs> but I, but like, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you know, you can finish up because I'm I'm done. Like I'm 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 literally flabbergasted that they're even doing this. I will I will say this. They are keeping the same format as they did last year when the All-Star game was here in Chicago as as far as keeping the uh, final score yeah. after each quarter and all yeah. that, and then they'll come have the combined final score at the end. If you guys uh, don't know what we're talking about, go look at last year's All-Star game 2020 from Chicago. I'm sure it's on YouTube by now. So uh, the from that format, I'm glad they're keeping that because the players – were competitive uh, last year here in Chicago, and then you cannot fake that. So it, at least they keep in that format. Now, I'm, I'm, I heard Chris Boussard from Fox Sports once say this. Now, the last couple of years, I did like the, the teams um, 
um, being picked by captains. I don't know if they're going to do that again this year. I assume they will. I don't know. But I wish they would go back to keeping it east and west. It was a good idea for the last couple of years, but let it go back to east-west. Yeah, that, that, I, I kind of heard that way, too. I mean, all this, you know, Team LeBron or maybe uh, K, Team KD, I guess, yeah, they're, they're going to be the, ca- the captains. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, take it back old school. I guess we're just because we're old school people, I guess, it, I guess, you know, take it back yeah. old school. Do, do the east, do the, the, the east versus west thing. Or I, I, like, I'm not a fan of, you know, the, the whole team aspect. I know they're trying to, like, you know, freshen it up a bit, but I just don't, I just don't see the, the need for it. Yeah, I don't either. So, but we'll see what happens. We have to watch it because we have to give you our thoughts for you guys. So, yeah, <laughs> we can't get away with not watching it. So, we'll see what happens. That game will take place in less than three weeks from now. Let's move on to, to college basketball. As you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. College hoops, Lakina. As I said before, we preview these these weekend's games for you guys to watch. Uh, going to our local teams, of course, the final line. They will have a big game. If you're listening to us on a Saturday, they have a big game later today Today against the Minnesota Golden Golfers at 2.30 on Fox. And, of course, uh, they won their last game against Northwestern earlier this week. Lakina, Illinois, has been on a roll. It looks like they're not going to stop as they get prepared closer to that Big Ten Conference tournament, which will now be in Indianapolis. Of course, here at home, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. I was worried about them having to let down Kina, Lakina. Uh, after they split the games against Drake over the weekend. They got a big win at home on Wednesday against Valparaiso, 54-52. Yeah, that was a nice little bounce-back win for them after what happened. But like I said before, you know, Cameron Cudwitz, I mean, like I said, you know, definitely the player of the year in that conference. He's just, he's yes. just that good. Yes, hands so. down. He's just that good. So, you know, that was a nice uh, win uh, for them and sort of a bounce back. But like I said before, if you're Loyola and Drake, you know, you don't want to have to – you want to try to get to get to the tournament to the tournament final because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be the point where the, 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 the committee's going to be looking for an excuse not to have you guys – you know, not to keep you guys out. So like I would yeah. say try to get the, try to get the automatic bid and just let the let the questions you know the be be answered. Yep. So had, looking at uh, Saturday's action, Lakina, what's some of the uh, big games that you're looking for? I have a couple on, on my plate. Go ahead. Uh, first for me, I'm looking at five o'clock this Saturday on ESPN two number nine, Oklahoma taking on Iowa State. Oklahoma's been one of the top teams in the Big Twelve all year. Let's see if they can. The Sooners can keep their uh, surprise season at at task. Of course, earlier in the day on Saturday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN, number 15, Texas Tech uh, with a 14-6 record. They travel to Lawrence, Kansas to face the number 23-seeded uh, Kansas Jayhawks. As we talked about before, like Kenny, this has not been a Kansas-like type season. Of course, all the your big programs like North Carolina, who's turning it around recently, but your Dukes and Kentuckys that probably won't make the tournament this year. Kansas was on that bubble, but they, they've gotten to turn it around uh, as of late, as I mentioned, with a 16-7 and seven record, 10-5 and five in the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, that should be a good one there. Another Big 12 matchup. You have West Virginia and Texas, you know, two completely different styles. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an ABC game, you know, at 2 o'clock today. You know, those of you listening to us on a Saturday, that should yes. be a fun <laughs> one. That should be a fun one there. Mm, a couple more that I saw for Saturday. 
Um, Arizona, USC, USC trying to get that number one you know, seed in the Pac-12, Pac-12 tournament that they're going to be. That's coming up soon. Uh, Virginia and Duke. I mean, Duke needs this win. I never thought I'd be saying that about a Duke team, but they need this win to sort of get, you know, I'm sure they're not on the bubble, but I think, you know, being uh, number seven West for number seven Virginia team, I think can help a lot. And uh, that's basically it. I mean, not a lot of, you know, not a lot of big games, you know, this week. I mean, UConn and Villanova, so, you know, two biggies rivals being again in the Big East. That's mm-hmm. always a fun one. Um, Kentucky and Tennessee, you know, they, you know, Kentucky's been kind of, you know, putting it together late, so we'll see what they do against in, in Knoxville against Tennessee. The Illinois-Minnesota game is interesting because if you're in Minnesota, you need that, you need a way like that to kind of keep yourselves from outside mm-hmm. the bubble, from being on the bubble. So if you can somehow upset Illinois, you know, they actually kept it close in their first meeting before Illinois pulled away late. So if you're Richard Pitino and yeah. the Golden Gophers, you're going to want, you know, you know, to help kind of freshen up that tourney resume. But yeah, some good games on, you know, on Saturday. Of course, let's head towards Sunday's action, which will be tomorrow if you're listening to this podcast on a Saturday. <laughs> of course, at noon on CBS, Sunday will be number three, Michigan, and number four, Ohio State. A big game between two big teams as they try to vie for the top seed in the Big Ten. Of course, Michigan uh, got back to playing last week. Uh, they beat Rutgers, Rutgers earlier uh, this week. Of course, they beat Wisconsin last Sunday afternoon in another nationally televised game. So, Juwan Howard's squad – Chicago's very young. He's got that team back on track after they had their two-and-a-half-week break from COVID. Of course, at 4 o'clock on Sunday, number 11, Iowa will host Penn State. Iowa has turned it around recently, especially after losing to Illinois a couple weeks ago. I know they beat Wisconsin the other night, and so uh, Luke Garza is showing you why I get him and Iyo Dusumu are the top two players in the Big Ten Conference. And, of course, at 6 o'clock on Sunday on the Big Ten Network, Chicago time, Number 21, Wisconsin, will travel to Evanston to face that terrible Northwestern Wildcats team. Yeah, come a long way from being undefeated for the first early, your first couple of games in the, in the Big Ten. So that, that's kind of crazy. But I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the, that matchup with Michigan and Ohio State. You know, that, look, whenever these schools you know, play against each other, whatever the sport, it's always big, right? So this is definitely, you know, yeah. for control of the Big Ten, number one feed, and number one seeing the Big Ten Conference, E.J. Liddell, you know, the top scorer for – for um Ohio uh, for Ohio State against Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, you know, leads the team in both points and rebounds. So this that should be a fun one, and that'll be a CBS game too. So that should be the national, mm-hmm. you know, tele- television. So that should be a that should be a fun one there. Um, but real quick before we move on to um to the Blackhawks, um the the NCAA tournament, you know, they announced that of course going to be in a bubble this year in Indiana, mm-hmm. but they're limiting fans up to twenty five percent of fans. Don't call it a bubble if you're going to be letting fans in, folks. I'm just gonna, <laughs> that's my mini rant for the day. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I'll just leave it there. But how, how do you feel about that? At least we get, even though it won't be as much <clears throat> of a fan impact like it normally is, at least for the first round, it's all, you know, not to be too much of a jokey jokey here, but isn't it, uh, it depends on which teams are playing, isn't it about 25% capacity anyway? even though we're not fully back at normal yet. If it's a team that you don't know about, two teams you don't, you don't know about, usually this is how it happens. During those early afternoon games, Lakina, yeah. usually two teams, let's just say you get a Texas against some HBCU school. The house is now going to be full, folks. 
<laughs> it's usually not full. So it's not going to look too different this year. Maybe they'll increase it a little bit once you get to the final four, hopefully a little bit. But doing these early round games is not going to be that much of a difference. But I'm glad that we are getting some form of back to normalcy. So it's going to look normal, sort of, you know, it's going to look sort of normal, not back to where we want to be yet, but at least we're starting now. We, after not having it last year, we can take for what we can get this year, looking after not having it last year. So I can't complain too much. Well, yeah. I like to be a full house. Yes, but let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. Yeah. At least we have some fans in there you know, instead of none at all. Yeah, I, I can get behind At least that. NCAA is thinking with their heads, uh, you know, for All once. right, for once, for once. But, uh, but also, <laughs> a, also a really quick shout-out to uh, Wichita State. They pull off the upset by beating Houston. That helps them with their uh, their turning resume. Also, to Isaac Brown, who was the interim, interim head coach. You, you guys, you remember what happened with Gray Marshall. Mm-hmm. Some stuff came up about him. We won't get into that, but it Google's your friend, folks. But I think Isaac Brown has done a great yeah. job considering the circumstances. Literally just took over like 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 about a week or two before the season started. So he's definitely mm-hmm. been able to keep his guys, you know, focused. And you know, they're now in first place in the American. So you know, wish us it could be a team to watch out for in the tournament. Yes, Wichita State, usually those, that, that school historically, like you said, uh, one of those things that make a late run. We'll see what happens again this year as um, the tournament uh, will take place in Indianapolis in a, less than a month from now. Lakina, before we run out of time, let's wrap it up by talking a little hockey. Let's do that hockey. Let's do that and hockey. Let's stay, yeah, <laughs> let's stay local with the Chicago Blackhawks. They are winners of seven of their last nine games. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast on a Saturday, which is today, uh, they would have played their second game against the Car- – they were supposed to play their second game against the Carolina Hurricanes in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, but uh, it, it's been postponed due to COVID issues with the with the Hurricanes, and, and it was – in a, and other teams uh, have COVID issues as well throughout the uh, National Hockey League. So Friday's game at Carolina was played. We'll review that game for you uh, on our next episode. But the Hawks have been winners seven of their last nine games. Lakina, I'm very impressed with this Hawks team. They're currently 9-5-4. and four. They have the fourth-best record, I believe, within the within the league, if I read that correctly. I know. I was shocked when I that. heard that. I was shocked I when I saw I was that, like, too. Are you, are, are you kidding me? even in this shortened season. But um, if you watched <laughs> Wednesday's game against Detroit, which they played a brief two-game sweep there against the Detroit Dead Wings, uh, <laughs> it was a great game of being Detroit 2 nothing. Did you check out that goal by Phil Akurashev? I saw that. I saw Going that. Was... from end to end, splitting the D-men. And that was awesome. It, I it was that. so sick. It, it was. was so sick. Eddie Ocheck, who's the Blackhawks color <laughs> analyst for TV, you know he does a lot of national games for NBC. The Hawk fan came out of him as he screamed okay. over Tarigo making the call. Yes. That's how good it is. And I called it on my social media page, both Twitter and Instagram. It's that, if that's not a candidate for goal of the year, I don't know what is. It's just, it's just amazing how he's able to pull, he was able to make that move and pull it off. That was, I think he learned yeah. that from Kaner. I think he learned that from Kaner, right? <laughs> yes. That's yeah. that <laughs> That's something that Kaner used to do back in the day. He did that a couple yes. of times. But yes. look, I, I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the Hawks. I mean, you know, Lennon Kaler's like he's going to be the number one, you know, you know, goalie. He's been really good. You know, they're, they're getting a lot of, you know, contractions from a lot of the, the veteran guys, of, you know, but also the young guys too. Mm-hmm. So. Look, I mean, the Hawks look really good. Are they a playoff team? You know, let, let's slow down on that. But I look, they're, they're not the worst team in the league. So I'm, I'm, I commend them. And they, they've been very entertaining and a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, as I told you, Lakina, unless they're going a, a bad losing streak, which is I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm, I don't think it's going to happen the way this team's playing right now. You can breathe this out of relief. They, they're not the Kings. They're not the Dead Wings. <laughs> they're not some of these other bottom-feeding teams. So uh, you can breathe this out of relief as far as that is concerned. Now, Lakina, uh, the NHL will have two outdoor games this year in Lake Tahoe, Saturday's game, which is today if you listen to us on a Saturday. Uh, 2 o'clock Chicago time, NBC, it will be the Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. And then Sunday's game from Lake Tahoe, that's at 1 o'clock Chicago time on NBC, is the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Boston Bruins. Do you or will you be watching – do you have any interest in these two outdoor games? I don't think it's going to be any crowd says as far as, far as what I know. No. Well, will, uh, will you be watching any of these games for one minute, five minutes, the whole game? Using it as a nap. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> a nap. Um, <laughs> oh, well, give you guys a little bit of respect here. But, no, I'm, I'll check it. Definitely check it out. I mean, the, the atmosphere looks like it's going to be really, uh, really cool. I heard um, Mike Trigo is going to be doing both these games, you know, setting the scene, you know, in Lake Tahoe. I mean, I think, look, it's a beautiful place. I'm surprised they haven't, you know, they haven't been doing NHL games there because it's sort of like the perfect kind of backdrop mm-hmm. for, you know, an NHL game. But, look, I think it can only help. You got two, you know, you know four great teams. I mean, you know, I think the NHL did a really nice job. It's going to be on NBC, too. So I'll definitely give you a, take a peek at those you know, games. It's going to be a lot of fun in Tahoe. I think more, unless I'll look at both games, I think I'm intrigued more of the Sunday game because you have two historically good teams with Philadelphia and Boston. I know Vegas was uh, doing their first year a couple of years ago. They were in the Stanley Cup final against Washington. Of course, Colorado, they haven't been really relevant. They had some good teams in recent years, but they haven't really been relevant since they moved to Colorado in the late mid late 90s so yeah. uh, let's see if those, if, if the Saturday game between Vegas and Colorado will live up to the, the billing but I want to see what the ratings are for both of these games especially being on in the afternoon instead of prime time yeah that's that's kind of yeah. like the one thing right you know you wish these were in these were prime time games but Look, I, I think it's going to be – look, there's – I'm sure people are going to be taking a peek to see what it's like. I mean, you got some college hoops, you know. You don't have to worry about football mm-hmm. too much. Less, unless you're at FCS, you know, the FCS you know, uh, school, you know, you know alumni or, mm-hmm. you know, anybody, or a fan of that, you know. You don't have to worry about the competition. So, I think – I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people going to be curious to see what's up. Yeah, because I guarantee you if this was a New York team, the New York Rangers or the Chicago Blackhawks or Detroit, okay. the, the, those games would be on in prime time. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, also, too, you know, if you guys get a chance, you know, check out this, you know, a great article by Greg Wyshynski, I should say, about Brett Peterson. Who is he? You wonder? Well, he's the first black NHL, um, you know, front office guy. He is a second, he's the assistant GM of the Florida Panthers. And he talks about his journey, you know, from, you know, he played the sport for a little bit, you know, to, you know, coming to now being mm-hmm. one of the, you know, this is a GM, one of the front office guys for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting story. So please, guys, check that out. Red Peterson. Yes, ESPN.com for that one. Go to that one, please. Yeah. All right, Lakina, another great show. Um, we like to thank Matt Verderam once again from fansaturday.com, the NFL Insider, for hopping on with us, friend of the show, as always, uh, dropping that great knowledge about Carson Wentz trading the Bears and the rest of the NFL. And we'll, and, We'll put a bow on that, and we'll obviously we'll talk to you uh, in our next episode coming up next week. Let me 
stop putting my foot in my mouth and let you close it out the way that you do. <laughs> All right. Oh, no problem. But like I said, you know, the FCS also, too, you got, you know, Deion Sanders going to be making his debut for Jackson State. There's going to be a lot. There's a lot of expectations for him down there. So hopefully he does well. Is that, is that game on television at all? Um, I don't think so. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be on ESPN Plus or something like that. I'm sure, you know, it'll be streamed somewhere. So if you want to, you know, a lot of the FCS games, especially, you know, of course, you know, Jackson State, too. So, you know, if you guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you guys want to check that out, you know, look, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other avenues you can you watch some of these FCS games because they got the spot, they got the spot all, all to themselves. So they don't have to worry about the you know, FBS. Yeah. So, so they're, they're good to go. Yeah, All they're right. good to go. No NFL and no big-time college football. So Exactly. So I'm sure people will now be able to have a chance to watch. So if you're football hungry, you know, there's some SES football for you guys. Also led by Primetime and his Jackson, Jackson State Tigers. <laughs> on that note, you follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter. And at Kina is going to be on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, for more details about what we do, about sports, culture, politics, and everything else in between. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming, including In the Scope with our guy, Josh Hicks. He interviewed a uh, two-time NBA champion, three-time the three-point shootout champion, Craig Hodges. Please check that out by simply going to War on Anger on all download podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Please type in that search, search engine box, War on Anger. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And also, we are on YouTube at War on, at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. You can not only watch us, listen to us, but watch us do our thing. And we appreciate your support. Mwah! Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends, and make sure you listen to that inter- listen or watch the interview Josh did with Craig. It's fantastic. Yes. It, it's really good. Yes, yes, and we are unapologetically fun. Yes, we are, and very cheerful too. I might add. So, <laughs> so look, I know it. Look, enjoy. Look, stay safe out there, guys. You know, keep keep your hands washed. Keep your distance. Look, it's gonna be in the forties next week, guys. We're we're all real. We're we're getting. There. We got a heat wave. <laughs> it's, gonna like the, it's gonna be like the Caribbean around here for the for you know next week. It's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious. We're and gonna we're gonna be, gonna be flooding down the streets too. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh yeah. I know. Right. So be careful. Get the boats <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm about to say yeah. Oh, exactly. Water skiing too. Okay. So. You know, <laughs> so but 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 seriously though, guys, you know, be safe out there, guys. You know, be good to each other. First said I'm the Kansas Miss Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you next week. Till next time. Holla! <laughs>